Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, August 19th, we look at Lesson 8, Christ-Shaped Lives and Spirit-Inspired Speech. Together, let's see what happens according to Ephesians chapter 4 when the Holy Spirit comes in and transforms our lives. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at the Adventist Learning Community. Together, we love learning and have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into the study. Okay, Michael, here we are, Lesson 8, Christ-Shaped Lives and Spirit-Inspired Speech. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, New New International Version, and it says, You were taught with regarding to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to be put and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness beautiful description for us here of what God intends for us yeah you know i i love this picture that it has on this week's lesson which is christ putting on that robe of righteousness it's not what we do it's not what we have earned it is simply the the gift that that Christ gives us. Absolutely. You know, in this week's lesson, we just go right in and, and dive into this downward spiral of sin, looking at Ephesians chapter four, as we're just continuing this series in Ephesians. And I'm just loving this quarter. I've just thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes. Ephesians chapter four, and then looking specifically at verses 17 to 32. Now that's a bit of a, a lengthy passage. It's talking about a lot of different things. The The part that I want to zero in on is verses 20 to 24. talks about that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth as, as it is in Jesus. In fact, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitudes of your mind, put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And so I, I think what we're seeing here, Buster, mm-hmm. is description for us that we put out away what was there before, dead to sin and self and all of that, you know, and we are made alive in Christ. It's a new person. That sense of newness, I think, is what is really beautiful. Of course, it talks about how we relate with our neighbors and what comes out of our mouths and what we listen. And of course, the end is this, the best, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And we see something similar in Colossians chapter three, that section's titled Made Alive in Christ in my Bible, but it's the same idea that we put away our old, we we crucify self, and we are made alive in Christ. And Amen. verse 11 says, Christ is all and is in all. And I think that's essential here that we remember that whatever we do, that Christ is at the center of it. Just as you're talking about at the beginning, putting on the clove of Christ's righteousness, that is exactly what we need. And without Christ, there's nothing except this downward spiral of sin, which is what the lesson here is talking about. But in order to have that, we have to have a dramatic change of clothes. <laughs> yeah, so Michael, it highlights the same thing that you were highlighting there, Ephesians 4, 20 through 24. Mm-hmm. But it, it asks a specific question. In retelling the story of conversion of his audience, what essential main point is Paul getting across to them? And the thing that stuck out in the lesson that also stuck out in the reading was verse 20. 
but that is not the way you learned Christ. So he's telling him the way that Christ is. He's like, but you didn't learn him this way. In, in a matter of fact, Michael, I'm going to go ahead and read this. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth that is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true, in true righteousness and holiness. And one of the things that I want to highlight here, Michael, is that sometimes you have to earn, unlearn what you've learned in order to actually learn the true thing. Sometimes we have a picture or a view of who Christ is or who God is, and it's mm -hmm. an incorrect view. Yeah. And sometimes it comes from our parents. Sometimes it comes from our church that we grew up in. Sometimes it comes from a lot of different places. And we see God as this vindictive God, or we see him as Zeus with a lightning bolt ready to chase us, or we see him as this passive God who is laissez-faire and his hands are off. And, and that's why we have to get to know Christ for ourselves. That is the only one. The one who is putting on the new man and the one who's taking the old man off is not us in our works but it's Christ and his righteousness who's doing that for us. And the only way for that to happen is for us to get to know God for who he is. Not for what Buster Swoops of Michael Campbell has said who he, who he is, but for you to get to know him for yourself and develop this relationship and for God to reveal himself, which he is kind and compassionate, forgiving the sins into the third and fourth generations. But he is also has this hatred, vitriol towards sin but still loves the sinner. And it's hard to explain, except for we have to get to know God for ourselves. Wow. Well, I, and I kind of like it, a change of clothes. You know, we've been working on school clothes and everything else recently. And yes. so <laughs> got to just try it on. If you don't try it on, you don't know if it fits. <laughs> so Michael, talking about fitting and clothes and everything else, at, at our kid's school, they have this wall, and I love it, where kids that have grown out of their clothes, they get to put them on the wall and then everyone comes in and they get to sh kind of share this thing. Well, it reminds me of Tuesday's lesson, which is unity building, grace-filled speech. So talking about unity, but now let's, let's transition over to grace-filled speech as well. Absolutely. And so the lesson here is asking the question, which of Paul's words of counsel with regard to the use of speech among believers is the most important to you now and why? And so just reading this passage here, it says, put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body. So, and this is kind of interesting, in your anger, do not sin. You know, I guess we'll unpack this in a second, but do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give, give the devil a foothold. Right. And anyone who's been stealing, steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands and to share with those in need. And I think what this is really talking about here is that it's not just this sort of artificial abstract kind of idea, but it actually has to make a tangible result in our everyday lives. And so it's, it's, it's one thing to, 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 to do one thing theoretically, but then how do you actually relate with others? So it talks about putting off falsehood and speaking truthfully to your neighbors. You know, this is your everyday grind. This is, this is not somebody that you see at work or, or whatever, most likely. It's, it's somebody that you're living next to. And it's usually the people closest to us that we end up maybe <laughs> having a little bit of friction with, right? You know, right. Neighbors, where, where's the, the line between your property? and <laughs> is, is your fence on, on your side of the property or not? You know, and those kinds of questions. And so how do we, how do we relate with others? And, and so that, that's part of this is 
how do we do so in a way that shows that Christ is at the center of our lives, right? Right. And, and you know, and then when we slip up, you know, in your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath while you're angry, right? When, when you've actually made a mistake and messed up, then fess up, you know, it's, it's time to apologize. And the Bible doesn't present a list of saints that have never slipped up before. Rather, it shows people that have slipped up and how they repented and then made things right again before God. And so that's, that's really, really important here to, to, to understand. And, and I think that's that spirit of grace. If we're, if we have Christ's robe of righteousness in us, if we've experienced grace, then we will extend grace to others too, right? Right. So, you know, if somebody's stealing, you know, don't steal any longer, but, but learn to work with your own hands. It's talking about that. So give, give other people opportunities, begin to see how there's possibilities for people rather than problems and holding people back, right? And so this is, this is part of how we live our lives. And, and then finally, don't let any corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. You know, this is, you know, words have power. They have meaning in how we say them and, and the words we choose to say and when and everything else can either do incredible damage or they can do incredible good. And so recognize those words and maybe, just maybe, that will give us pause to just rein in those words a little bit and think before one speaks. And I know I need to hear that as much as anybody else. Yeah, I am with you there, Michael. And that's why that text is so pertinent. It's okay to be angry, but do mm -hmm. not sin. And, and guarding our words, being careful of what comes out of them is part of that. Uh, mm. It's okay to share with someone I'm angry, but it's not okay for me to lash out at you in anger, right? There's a big difference there. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to this next part of the lesson on Wednesday, the Holy Spirit in the believer's life is the verse that it's talking about. I, I, at one point I, I thought was one of the scariest verses in all of scripture, Buster. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of goes along with the text that's found in, in the gospels, which is talking about denial of the Holy Spirit or grieving the Holy Spirit. But let's go and read it. Ephesians chapter four, verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Uh, and and Michael, as I was talking about it, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, denying the Holy Spirit. That's uh, what so, I was afraid of. <laughs> exactly. A lot of times it can be scary uh, yeah. because we think about the unpardonable sin. Like, mm -hmm. oh, have, have I done something so bad that God will never forgive me? Well, the very fact that the Holy Spirit is the one who brings conviction, the very fact that there is a contrite spirit and heart, that your heart is not hardened towards God, the fact that you're not puffed up with yourself and seeking Christ means that you have not committed the unpardonable sin. The fact that in other words, if I'm worried about it, then that's a good sign. Exactly. And, and but that's the first part of the equation. The other part is actually go to Christ, repent and accept the forgiveness. And therefore, you don't have to worry anymore because you're in his presence. When you're in his presence, perfect love cast out fear. Right. So it's OK to for that worry to start it, start the process but continue through the process and that worry, that conviction is actually driving you towards Christ. Now, we also have the enemy who is actually driving us away and says, there's nothing you can do. God will never forgive you. you your, your life is horrible. You can't do it. And I just say, yes, I am. <laughs> but Christ is great and he can forgive me. And his spirit still strives within, within me and with me. And we can see this time and time again throughout the Gospels, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, of people that have messed up, that have asked for forgiveness, and the Holy Spirit is with them, 
preparing them for the day of redemption, as this text shares. And Paul does the same thing here in the book of Ephesians. But we also see God's spirit being portrayed as one that is always going with man. And the Holy Spirit also grieves, as we see here in this lesson. Romans 8, verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 26, likewise, the spirit also of Romans 8, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for, for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So we see here the Holy Spirit is with us and he's moving. And, and we also see here in Galatians 5, 17 and 18, the flesh, the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So it, it's a part of, Michael, do I dare say being human? Hmm. Being human is realizing that we have a sinful nature, but Christ and his, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and helps us in becoming better by adapting to the character of Christ, conforming to the image of Christ. Later on, it says that there in Romans 8. And so I don't want the, our audience to be discouraged, but to be encouraged by this text of not grieving the Holy Spirit. Accept the conviction, accept the call and beckoning of a better relationship that the Holy Spirit is leading us into, but the Holy Spirit will not force us upon us. We have to be amicable and willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work in and on our lives. And so, Michael, with that being said, that leads us to Thursday's lesson, kindness, not bitterness. Yeah, I, I like this because this is a, a great way to wrap this up as we are looking at how the Holy Spirit penetrates into our hearts and lives and changes us, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, it says verse 31, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And, you know, it can be very easy to linger and cherish those kinds of things, especially when somebody's done something to you and hurt you or whatever it is. And right. and so scripture says, let it go, you know, let it go, let it go. <laughs> and in verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. I know I mentioned this verse before, but mentioning it again is that we, we all need a little bit more of kindness and compassion in our lives. And, and if there's somebody that's driving you nuts or perhaps something that's, that's really been a difficult situation. Try to reorient yourself in a new frame of reference, you know, and extend a, a word of grace, a word of kindness and compassion to someone else. And, and maybe whatever that situation is, maybe it'll turn around. Maybe it won't. There's no, no way to, you know, God doesn't force us. We can't force others, but we can, we can begin by expending, extending and accepting the grace of Christ in our lives and the same grace that God has given us, extend that grace to others. And I, I think that's important. I, I think all of us, I certainly can speak for this, but probably anyone that's listening can can identify with this, that, you know, it's easy to to hang on to those hurts. We all know those weak spots and, and things that have happened in our lives, the disappointments and whatever else it might be. And scripture reminds us of the posture that we need to take and that is kindness and compassion forgiving one another and the more that we can do that the more we are actually living out the gospel in 
our everyday lives. And uh, not always easy, but it's, it's, it's a reminder to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And uh, the more we see Jesus, more we see how unlike Jesus we are in our need of Jesus and constantly surrendering our lives to Jesus. Yeah. And Michael, I love that you shared that it is indeed a process. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning that so many of us are so concerned with, including myself, the destination that mm-hmm. we forget to enjoy the journey, enjoy the fact that we have this opportunity every single day to come before the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, to, to, to commune with God as friend with friend, as the hymn would say. So enjoy the journey and not just the destination. Beautiful. Well, that's another week of the Sabbath School Rescue. We thank you for listening. Join us each week as we dive into the Sabbath School lesson. Until next week, this is Soup and Swoops signing, signing out. out. As we wrap up, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Adventist Learning Community, a ministry of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. You can join us each week by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you share with as many people as possible. And be sure to give us feedback by rating our podcast and go to our website, SabbathSchoolRescue.org, for each weekly episode.